1: this message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1 800 273 8255. That's 1 800 273 8255.
2: Mike, check one, two. <clears throat> Mike, check one, two. Hearing all these letters read aloud by damsels, not in distress. Host came to impress. Bitch, check your DMs. This is
1: hot the press. Hey there. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Chloe? I'm good. Jacket in there. You cold?
2: No, I throw this on when I have not started my day. You know what? I have something to say up top. Male people. People of the male species at work. Stop asking women to get on Zoom. It's mm. not the same. It's not the same as when you get on Zoom, okay? I don't have makeup on. Society told me I needed to have makeup on today. And I'm not ready. I'm not camera ready. No, so I So there's a, that's a PSA quickly for the men's. Yeah. No, I totally agree.
1: I'm always off camera all the time.
2: Yeah. How have you been? What have you been up to this week?
1: Oh, you know, I just uh drink my hip water. I eat my fiber. (laughs) I do all the same things. No. Um, but recently I have, um, been partaking in the outdoor workout classes in the Philadelphia area because I realized I only have a couple months before it gets cold here. And, um, that I can partake in the classes. So anyway, I did the SoulCycle outdoor class. And, um, you know, I felt very safe, actually. I was surprised. Um, They have a good setup. The bikes are very far apart. Uh, I think the East Coast is definitely going to struggle when it gets cold here because we cannot do the same sort of outdoor things that you can do in LA. But, um, no, it's fun because they're like a, uh, what do you call it, a silent disco. So you wear headphones, I guess, because they can't make too much noise like in the space because it's outdoor. But um so everybody wears their headphones. You're six feet apart on the bikes. Everybody wears a mask the entire class. Um, and I really enjoyed it because like workout classes were some of the like probably the main thing that I really missed um before. Like COVID happened. So, you know, the Peloton, like, it, I love it, but it doesn't cut
2: it all the time. So, I just like the yeah. energy about
1: working around other people. So, yeah, that's about it.
2: So, I've been doing some intermittent fasting, which has, I don't know, I've only done it for two weeks. So, verdict's out on that. I haven't been exercising, I've been walking, but I did get that bike that I was talking about. So, yeah. I have a bike. Or- Anyway, long story short, I don't feel like I'm getting endorphins from exercising, but rather from the memes of Shia LaBeouf at that table yeah. um, <laughs> Those that, were funny. That's been a big source of joy for me.
1: Also, um, is it bad to be walking outside in L.A. right now because of the air quality? Or is that just
2: like a new Probably, time? yeah. Um, you're not really supposed to be doing anything in L.A. besides... Staying inside and minding your business, which I'm trying to do. How's that going for you? Um, it's fine. Not <laughs> fine. That is a not fine. I feel like I'm, I don't know. It's kind of weird because I've had a few relationships in my life, but I've been, I would say, primarily single and primarily okay with that. But lately, I've just been feeling kind of weird and lonely. And I talked about this. I touched on this a bit the last time, but I have been I had been seeing this guy for a couple of dates. And at the end of the day, it just kind of turns out there just wasn't really a big spark between us, which was fine. Um, but I think it's kind of weird. there's this phenomenon when that happens to me where it leaves me feeling like extra shitty. Mm. like maybe extra lonely and maybe extra wanting to run to people that I shouldn't be running to Um, more so than it's just like when I'm okay being single for like you know a longer stint you know what I mean I, I think it just kind of like throws you off um, so anyway I've just been battling the lonelies over here on my own and is your roommate
1: around or not really
2: no Okay. <laughs> She's not a big source of. <laughs> she pays the rent. Okay, <laughs> we're not best friends. Nothing no, wrong with
1: we're, we're very different we friends or whatever the deal
2: is. No, we met on Craigslist. Hmm. And I actually like having my own apartment. I don't think it's like I don't think the not having my apartment thing is the thing. I think it's kind of like the. You go from, like, kind of having someone around that gives a shit about your life to not. Yeah. Not that other people don't give a shit about my life, just not on a romantic level, I guess.
1: Because before you moved to L.A., that was, like, when you were living with your boyfriend.
2: Mm, we weren't living together, but we I had a pretty serious boyfriend when I moved here, yeah. You've lived with a boyfriend before or no? I have, yeah. How'd that go for you? <laughs> Well, I'm single, so. (laughs) That's
1: true. No, I've never lived with anyone, but our letter writer today, which we'll get into eventually, has. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it was kind of a unique situation in that I lived with him, but I also, we also lived with our friend Sarah at the time. Um, So quite frankly, like, I think as our relationship started to not shape up to be so good, I kind of had, like, Sarah to fall back on cuz we were really good friends and we would like watch the bachelor together and stuff so it was almost like a little bit of a crutch um for my failing relationship to have her there thank you sarah <laughs> shout out to sarah <laughs> but speaking of someone who is a good friend of yours. Yes, today we
1: have my buddy on, so let's go chat with her. So we are here today with your Mary Cruz, who is an actress, host, best known as Sheila the Tank and voiceover artist and also my very good friend. So we are so happy to have you here
2: today. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Yes, absolutely. Your background looks awesome and amazing. I need to enhance mine. <laughs> mine is so boring compared to yours.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. No, this is uh, my little VO studios.
1: I was just saying that Yo, Mary and I um, have been working on a project together um, sort of about like Latinx discrimination in the entertainment industry. And it was funny because I went over to her house. This was like way before covid and um we were working on like filming a promo thing and her setup was just like insane to me i feel like i just have like my rinky dink ring light that i just like carry around with me everywhere and yo mary is like the most prepared in terms of her self-taping setup <laughs> <laughs> well thank you um
3: yeah i'm a little insane with the uh, with the with the tech i guess you know you're good um, with it uh, Most yeah. recently, I just added like, um, some, uh, what do you call those? The active cameras. So, Uh-oh. so yeah. So now I've got, uh, like a 360 uh, degree camera. Huh? So that's pretty cool. It's really fun. Like it's, it's weird shooting with it. Cause it doesn't matter where you point it. It's recording the whole thing, like everything. And then you choose what you want in editing.
1: Well, something funny um, about Yo' Mary is that we both have Bryans. And Yo' Mary, like, prepped her Brian into – the industry he wasn't like an industry person beforehand but she's like trained him on everything industry so now he does his own hosting because they're both really into cars so he's yeah. like prepared to do his own like car hosting like I thought I had um you know a stage boyfriend that we've talked about before but like Yo Mary took it to the next level can you talk about that <laughs> well he's he's awesome uh he really took to it he he's actually
3: the one that was like one day we were just on vacation, and we were hiking, and he was like, "So when you're at work, what do you do? like what would you say right now if you were hosting a show and I was like, "Well i don 't know and then I just like started acting like I was hosting a show, and he started videotaping it you know like with his camera and um, he was like, "Oh, we should do this. this is fun. you know mm-hmm. so he got kind of into it and He's learned how to do everything, like from editing to shooting to just, he can do it all. He was like a natural, huh? Absolutely. And you know what's interesting is that he never, ever thought of being on camera before. But one day we were killing time, we walked into a car museum, and he literally started rattling off facts about every single motorcycle and car that was in the museum. He had a story, a factoid something about literally every single thing in there. And I was like, Brian, do you know how useful that would be on live TV? You know, teleprompter goes down, you're the guy who saves the day. (laughs) And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, you could totally do this. So yeah. So now he's, he's, uh, you know, doing his own car hosting. And we have fun doing that too.
2: Oh, that's great. I'm always jealous of people who like didn't want it initially and just like fall into it because I'm like, I want it so bad, but whenever they don't, they're like always so much better, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
3: I think we uh, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like those of us that have been working towards it have all these preconceived ideas about how you're supposed to do things. And honestly, I felt like I did better when I had no idea what we were supposed to do. So for example, um, when I didn't know that you were supposed to have an agent or wait for an audition or anything like that, my first job that I ever got was because I literally walked into a TV station without an appointment. I didn't know the news director's name. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know if they were looking or not. I walked in and I said, I want to be a reporter to the receptionist. And the receptionist said to me, oh my gosh, we're looking for somebody. And within two minutes, I was talking to the news director and uh, they had set me up immediately to go and do like a shoot day the next day. The next day I had an offer. And like now that I know you're not supposed to do that, I would never dare. But when I was doing the crazy thing that you're not supposed to do, I was working like crazy. <laughs> so it's just, it's an interesting thing. I think there is a certain amount of,
1: uh, I don't know if it's luck or naivete that sort of propels you forward. And can you talk a little bit about your background and like what made you interested in the industry? Because I know you also did stuff with soap operas too. Mm, yep.
3: Basically I just watched TV and I thought it was so much fun and um, it was one of the few things that I could see people doing, you know, um, that looked really fun to me. And honestly, I didn't know I wanted to be an actor or anything specific. I just knew I wanted to be in the entertainment business. And um, I started out actually singing. So I was a singer as a kid. I wrote songs. I submitted them to contests and, you know, did things like that. And I sang at Medicine Square Garden when I was 12. Mm -hmm. And I was just, you know, I was a singer, I thought. And um, that's it, it. Pretty quickly, I figured out that my parents didn't want me to be in the entertainment business when I was offered a recording contract and they were like, whoa, my daughter is not going to be a singer. Uh, so uh, I just started doing other things. It seemed like doing news was more acceptable, a more acceptable path for my parents. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll just I'll be a news anchor or something, you know? Not realizing how hard it is to do that as well. So I went to school for journalism, and while I was in school, I took an acting class, and it was so much fun. I was like, this is great. I'm still going to do the journalism, but this is really fun. So then, uh, you know, I went and got that job, and uh, I did some news, and I got some experience, and I also was going to school at the same time that I was doing this news job. So uh, it was a very psychotic time (laughs) because I would go into uh, work and I had to be objective and keep my emotions out of it. And then I'd go to class at night, acting class, and it would be like, you need to be open and available, ready to be done (laughs) to." So it's just like the craziest thing to do, the two things at the same time. But it was interesting, and I've, I've had the opportunity to work in both mediums, and, it, and that's been great, too. Uh, there was a time that I was working on a soap opera, and at the same time, I was the substitute weather anchor. Both fun jobs. I had never cared which one I was going to. It was like, oh, I get to work today, you know? Uh, so I never really cared which of the things I was doing. I just loved working.
2: Yeah. I have a little bit of broadcast journalism roots because um, my background's in PR, but I worked at my school's radio station. Oh. So a lot of the girls there were working for like the local news station and just seeing how it was like, you know, a 4 a.m. car crash they're having to go to and kind of like throw a microphone in someone's face, you know, that was just involved in this. And yeah, it's not as glamorous as, you know, some people make it out to be for sure.
3: Uh, Definitely not. Um, I didn't do uh, hard news very long. Mm -hmm. I decided that was not for me. So I got more into um, reporting things like racing and cars and uh, just more fun stuff. And now I do entertainment and I'll do anything that's fun. Basically, if I can laugh while I'm doing it, that's
1: good. That's a good criteria for me. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned that your parents didn't want you to take the recording contract, and I was curious why you thought they had those hesitations and how that affected you um, pursuing your career in the industry.
3: Well, I I think uh, to my parents, the entertainment industry was just sort of like, you would think I had said to them, hey, I want to be a prostitute, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was about on par, <laughs> Right. <laughs> so if that gives you an idea of what they thought the entertainment business was, yeah, that's pretty much it. So that was their uh, feelings about it. Still, those are their feelings about the entertainment business. Um, and, and it really did keep me from pursuing it. I, I just went straight into something else, which was journalism. And um, I found that I could have fun doing that, too. So that was great. But it kept me from pursuing acting
1: and singing and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And you had a point where you um, like took a break from the industry and then you decided to like, jump back into it, right? Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: <laughs> well, obviously, I took a, a break <laughs> from singing uh, yeah. right at the beginning. And uh, then I I went into acting, and uh, I got an anchoring job. Mm. So I took that. And uh, this is after I was already doing the voiceover for Sheila the Tank. So while I was uh, the voice of Sheila and Phyllis, I was also working as a news anchor. And I really didn't have fun at that job. I just There was just something about it. That wasn't really
1: Fabulous, you know, I remember you telling me that you had an influence um, From somebody in your personal life to jump back into the industry after you thought that that job wasn't quite as fabulous
3: Yeah, actually um, while I was uh, in that job, I met somebody who Uh, Became my boyfriend and he was just a really great guy Uh, We were really close and he helped me through the disappointment of the job that I wasn't so thrilled with and um, It was he was really really important to me and When we decided that I was going to move back to LA we were still totally in love and not really prepared for the separation and uh i moved back but we would always talk on the phone and um then through about a i don't know about a year later he uh he died and uh, i never got to see him again which was really crushing Uh, But then I remembered that the whole reason I was in LA, even though it was such a huge sacrifice for us to give up the relationship was because he really wanted me to pursue my dream. And I thought, if I don't pursue it, then that sacrifice was in vain. There's really no point in, in us having broken up if it wasn't for me to follow my dreams so that's kind of what gave me the impetus to get back into the business
2: that's such a powerful inspiration thank you for sharing that with us that's amazing
3: sure. yeah it just sort of gave me a reason to continue
1: mm-hmm. absolutely And obviously it was worth it because you are now a judge for the emmys
2: <laughs>
3: well, you know,
2: that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> we love to talk about that because Lauren said you were coming on and I was like, wait, the Emmys are on Sunday. Like, does she have time? But I'm I'm guessing the timeline. If you want to like talk us through like what that's like, because that was so amazing to watch. And then yeah, seeing Euphoria sweep it. It was yeah, that was fun.
3: <laughs> yeah. It was so awkward for me not to be there because I've been there the last two years in person and uh that was so much fun if you ever get the chance to go to any of the awards show i mean i would totally jump at it it's so much fun and uh you get to see everything all the excitement up close and and there is sort of a, a magnetic feel to it so i love it and it's thrilling so i am planning go back as soon as things get normal if that happens anytime Mm -hmm. soon but it's a whole process like the whole season you're watching all of these shows and they um have screenings for you with the actors and the producers and all of that so it's really for me it's become sort of a way of life i know that at night i'm going to be going to some kind of screening and Uh, I'm going to see someone fabulous uh, talking about their craft and and their show and how much they love it and all of that. So it's really fun. And it's one of the things that I have missed the most during this pandemic is going to these events. Besides me. So what was that? Besides me.
1: The other well, thing. Lauren,
3: you—it goes without saying—you are like the most missed thing. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, thankfully, we've done Zoom meetings. Yeah, that's true. You, you know, so I get to see you over the screen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's really fun, and I've really missed the whole experience of the whole season, the whole Emmy season. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting back to that. But the process is. Uh, you watch all of these screenings and you hear everybody talk about how they got to their characters and all of that fun stuff. And then at some point it's voting time while people submit and uh, it goes through a little bit of a process where judges look at the entries and they sort of, you know, separate and, and vote on whether they think it meets the criteria that they give you. So we have like a certain criteria. If it meets it, we vote for it to move on to the next level. And uh, after that, then it goes to the whole membership and everybody votes on it. And, uh, you know, then you see what you guys see on TV. So there's a lot of planning for that as well. But it's fun. Did mm. your picks win? Some of them did, yeah. Well, I yeah. was like, I don't know if she's allowed to say. Yeah,
1: what <laughs> Were you, were you I
3: don't think I'm supposed to say, but yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> You'll tell me later. Okay, bye. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 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 so
2: funny. Lauren's really leveraging your friendship here for some insight. I know. <laughs> she's like,
3: give me the scoop. Yeah, give me the scoop. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You're so funny. I was talking to um, my neighbor yesterday. One of her friends is a producer on The Bachelor, and they must have to sign so many NDAs because she said she was just not getting any tea from her at all on this new season.
1: (laughs) She was on The Bachelor?
2: She's a producer on it. Oh,
1: she's a producer on it. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. I would imagine that they can't say anything.
2: because anything
3: would give it away you know
2: yeah i think chris harrison makes them do like a blood oath or something like that um
3: (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) right (laughs) yes they're pretty secretive on those shows you know you can't give it away because if you do then
1: what else is there you know
3: right exactly
1: exactly yeah talk about um getting into a more serious relationship because i know. You used to have boyfriends, and then recently you um, settled down more seriously with somebody. I think they moved in um, because our letter writer also is uh, struggling with the move-in process. So if you could tell us a little bit about like jumping into a more serious relationship and living together, I think we'd be interested. (laughs) Well, I was the queen of, uh, well,
3: I was not a great dater let's just put it that way. I, I, <laughs> I had a knack for finding the craziest person in the room.
1: Didn't you say that you used to date all Lithuanian men? For a while, yes. I'm, I'm yes. applying for Lithuanian citizenship. I thought I, I remembered to tell you that today.
3: <laughs> That's hilarious. No, it was, it, it was so funny because there was like a string of guys, one right after the other, that were all Lithuanian. And there was this one guy who goes, There were three brothers and he goes, I bet you can't guess what we are. And I was like, I bet you I can. (laughs) And he was like, never guess. So I go, you're Lithuanian. He goes, no way. How did you know? How did you know? Like nobody even knows what Lithuanian is. How did you know? And I was like,
1: I have my (laughs) ways.
2: Yeah, I admittedly don't know too much about that culture.
1: For me, she was like, you're like Italian, like maybe you're German. I was like Lithuanian. I was the one person she can't pick it up on women apparently not (laughs) (laughs)
3: that's so funny but yeah I would always pick you know the most difficult guy I guess and I think uh, like many women I think I was attracted to the drama in relationships and I kind of had to hit rock bottom before I decided to change things up. And so, what rock bottom was for me was there was one week where I had three guys, three different guys who were all, you know, supposedly trying to date me. And all three of them lied to me in the same week. And I always think it's funny because. I've never seen that (laughs) one. Wow,
2: we've never heard of that one before. (laughs)
3: Oh, it was funny to me because I always know when they're lying and it was like, oh my goodness. And I got so frustrated with it that I said, no, you know what? They say that if, you know, people do things, treat you a certain way, it's because you're letting it happen. And I thought about that and I said, well, you know, the truth is if I don't give them another chance, they can't lie to me again so i cut everybody off and i said i am going to go for something different i'm going to date someone different and i did that's when i started dating the guy that i'm with now and he's he treats me great and he's willing to learn the whole business just to be a part of it with me and um it's a whole different thing and i think it's the way we're raised as women and i don't think i'm raised quite like you guys because i came from a dominican background but part of it is like i can't live without you and you know that kind of stuff so i think it was sort of like drilled in that suffering is part of loving and if you don't suffer you don't really love somebody and i think i felt like you know i'd meet a guy who treated me great or something and i'd be like a little Boring, it's a little boring. I don't feel anything, yeah. I feel like <laughs> right to my soul right now, <laughs> not feeling anything, you know. I'm not miserable, you know. Right. And meanwhile, when I had someone who was really difficult, and I had to spend my every waking hour trying to understand them and figure them out and figure out. What's going on with them and how can I help him? And, you know, those were the guys that I was like madly, passionately in love with. And I realized that it was kind of uh, an attraction to the drama, you know? I think that's what it is. I think it's like, ooh, this is exciting. Ooh, that feels like something. Ooh, that feels interesting. It's a lot of drama, you know? Uh, So now I'm saving the drama
2: for the screen. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard dating out here. And I had just, um, we were actually just talking about this from previous episode. I had just gone on like four dates with this guy. And I was really trying to make it work because he was really invested in like my personal projects. Like you said, he definitely was not a douchebag, was very invested in me. But at the end of the day, I just felt like there wasn't that spark. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it kind of like, there's kind of this guilt and shame that goes along with like women that I don't think men actually have where it's like, I was kind of like beating myself up for like not being able to get there with him. Whereas like guys can Mm -hmm. so easily be like, I just wasn't into her. But like, I just I don't know, like I was kind of trying to like force a connection that wasn't there. But like, I totally hear you on dating the douchebags. I'm letting (laughs) someone that ghosted me back into my life this week. And I just... I shouldn't, okay? I'm not going to do it now. You've, you've spoken <laughs> to me. You've got. to me. We're going to just cut him off. <laughs> if you're
3: going to let somebody back in, he better have some serious reason for coming back.
2: Period. He better you be know? ready to step up. And this guy's not. I can already tell.
3: <laughs> yeah. I remember when I first um, started dating my current boyfriend, um, he one of the old guys you know the the previous um people that I dated came back and told me how he had changed so much and
2: they can sense sense that that you're moving on
3: yeah and 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 you know it was like no no we've tried this already yeah no no not going there
2: (laughs) that's on dating smarter something I need to learn
3: (laughs) no you know what it's it takes something it takes Mm -hmm. like a real change in us I think Mm -hmm. to decide that we're not going to do the same thing over and over again that we're going to do something different Mm -hmm. and um yeah I don't know what that is for you
2: Chloe See. I'm waiting every day. I'm waiting for something. And God, God's like, I've sent you a million signs. Like, no, don't get away. That's funny. Um,
1: <laughs> um, no, I'm just curious about because you mentioned that our upbringing was a bit different than your upbringing because you're Dominican. And I'm curious about how being Dominican has impacted both your dating life and also um, your career in the entertainment industry. Wow. Those are some big
3: questions. Dating-wise, dating uh, dating does not exist in my family. There is no dating. Uh, I remember wanting to go out on a date, and my father was like, you know, I don't remember exactly what his questions were, but basically he wanted a, you know, an engagement ring. For me to go to the movies <laughs> um, so there was no dating and I didn't do uh, much of that really until later uh, just because it was not acceptable it, it's not what you're supposed to do you're supposed to find the love of your life and get married immediately you know so Uh, The first time somebody kissed me and I was 12, I thought, oh, I have to marry this kid. You know, this, this, he wasn't a kid. He was actually an adult. I don't know why he was kissing a 12 year old, but, uh, but that's a a story for another day. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, it was just, it was a different perspective. There was no going to the movies with the guy or, or uh, there was none of that. Uh, There was none of that. So, my whole perspective was probably a little bit different because my mentality was always, is this somebody that I would marry? So, there's no dating for the sake of dating, there's just dating for the sake of finding someone to marry. So, that was really different for me. And then I, at some point, tried to date the way other people date, and it was. Uh, I I didn't know how to do that (laughs) so it was confusing to me and I really did not have a good time dating I didn't enjoy it I didn't have fun with it the way some of my friends do I just didn't really feel like it was all that much fun so it wasn't hard for me to make the transition into a more serious relationship because I didn't really like dating you know and then as far as my career my parents were happy uh with their daughter being like a news person so that wasn't hard for them to jump on board with and as long as i was doing news they were happy but everything else they they really rather i would just give that up you know so that's their perspective and it's been hard to sort of go against them in that sense because you know everybody wants to make their parents happy on some level, yeah. and we do. I mean, I, I grew up to to want to please them and make them happy. So it's hard because I'm basically doing something that they don't believe in, they don't agree with,
1: and frankly, don't like. Yeah. <laughs> So So, yeah, so that's that's hard talked about before is that I would feel like I would be disappointing my parents if I didn't pursue a career in acting um, because like they really care about me doing that. My mom listens to this podcast. No, mom, I don't feel like I'm disappointing you. I'm very happy. Don't worry about it. Everything is fine. She's going to say on the last episode, I talked about how I was falling a lot and she's like, Lauren, you're falling. Why are you falling? Like, do you think, do you need to see a doctor? Like, should I call someone? It's like, again, mom, I am fine. I was on a hike. It was a dusty path. (laughs) Anyway, no, moving on. But it's just so interesting, I think, how our relationships with parents change so much. Just like, you know, Mm -hmm. you can be in the same school system. You could be growing up in the same area. But your relationship with your parents impacts the way your life is so much.
3: Yes. I would agree with that. And, you know, my parents are super caring. So like if I fell, they would be the same way. They would be like, what's going on? What's, you know, what's going on? Do you need to see someone? It would be a very similar response. But as far as the career, I'm so jealous. Oh my gosh. I so wish my parents would be like, oh, I want you to, you know, follow your dream and do what you want to do and do what makes you happy. That would be so amazing.
1: Problems, let me tell you. My mom has been emailing me with a a Melania Trump uh, dress because she wants me to call SNL and tell them that I should play Melania Trump. (laughs) So uh, let me tell you, I I agree that in some ways I'm very lucky and in other ways it is a a whole new set. you know what? (laughs)
3: That's, that's really funny, Laura. you would be, you would make a good Melania, Uh, but that's, see, you should, you should call them up.
2: Like you just talking about like Graham, it like, it kind of adds this extra layer of shame that doesn't really need to be there. And I feel that way, like just unlearning regular societal things that I've been taught that, you know, come to find out are not accurate. And yeah, it's just, I'm sure that was like super hard for you growing up and dating and trying to get into the industry to like feel like you're doing something wrong, even though you aren't that's just such a terrible way to be feeling
3: yeah it it just does add an extra layer of difficulty mm-hmm. because you're kind of fighting yourself you're fighting your parents in a way uh, my family has no idea what I'm doing or why, or you know it just seems bizarre and um it does add just an extra layer of stuff mm-hmm. to deal with.
2: Yeah, because it's already hard enough, this industry in itself. And it's like, you're already battling that and you got to add that on top of it. Like, yeah. Imagine, but you're a
3: strong lady. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you try.
1: Yeah, for sure. You and do your speaking best. of strong ladies and strong relationships, our letter writer today, Two happens to be a strong lady and a strong relationship. So our letter writer asks, dear damsels, I've been dating someone for about three years now and they're ready to take the relationship to the next level. He started moving things into my apartment, having packages delivered here and leaving ingredients for meals here. He's a bit older than me and I'm not sure I'm ready to give up my single life yet. I definitely love him. I just don't feel ready to take the next steps yet. Does this mean he's not the one? If I tell him I'm not ready, will he break up with me? Help. Sincerely, Miss Independent. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Interesting. I think it's the guy too. I feel like well, I, I first I got reminded <laughs> of that Sex in the City episode where Carrie gets like so excited that like Big gives her an extra toothbrush head, mm-hmm. like cause she's been staying over there so much. So I feel like that's another societal thing is like, I feel like girls kind of always push this. So it's interesting to hear that it's from the guy.
3: No, I, I think it's uh, interesting because my feeling on it is if she was really, really into it, she probably wouldn't be going, ooh, I don't think I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to follow your instincts mm-hmm. because sometimes our brains pick up on things that we're not consciously aware of Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why you're having that reaction and i just kind of i'm not saying that he's not going to break up with you or that he's going to take it well or that he's not going to be upset but i think you have to be true to yourself and at least say how you feel them and then take it from there because uh, I don't think you should go against your own instinct mm-hmm.
1: I'd like to know the ingredients that he's leaving at the apartment I mean are we talking like <laughs> for some pancakes or like is it, like what are what are the ingredients because I think a lot depends on like what's the food that he's bringing to the table and then we can like you
2: know <laughs> revisit and decipher is it worth it or not <laughs> the packages thing was kind of weird <laughs> so, like, you don't have anywhere to get your packages delivered because they're not moved in yet, right?
3: That's a little odd. Yeah, That's a little odd. The packages is a little odd. What's in those packages? Exactly. You know? And why is he having them sent there?
2: Yeah. And if they you aren't know. gifts for her, why are they being delivered there?
3: <laughs> right. It's a little odd. The, the uh, packages is a little odd. Mm-hmm.
2: But no, I like that advice you gave. And it's not, I don't think, unless she's ready for a definite breakup, it sounds like she is not. I think just the conversation of slowing it down is the first step. Like, let's just slow it down here. See if that kind of changes everything. Because I mean, un- unfortunate as it is, when someone is so super available, it's and like so ready to do something that you're not so sure about yet. It's a little bit unattractive, unfortunately, you know? hmm
1: yeah no it's funny because people say that um like brian says this to me all the time that it's like most of his friends are in relationships with women who are pressuring them to move in or get engaged or whatever and i'm kind of the anomaly because i put no pressure i don't care you know so um i always have been like the outlier so i relate pretty heavily to the letter writer because i would feel similarly but for me it wouldn't be as much about the guy at least in my situation, more just that, like, I don't feel ready to take that step in my life, you know? And I feel like that's an important distinction. Like, what about her single life is still intriguing her? Like, is it that she wants to be able to go out to a bar? Not that anyone goes to bars, but she wants to go to the park and have somebody wave across six feet away from her? Or is it that she just doesn't see a future with this guy? Because I think Mm -hmm. that distinction makes the difference. For me, it wouldn't be about the guy as much, but more just about that, like, my independence is important to me um,
2: while I'm young.
3: Yeah, I think those are good points. And those are good things for the letter writer to think about.
2: Because I think it was kind of what I was saying earlier of like towing the line of like, I would really like to have a good and decent guy in my life, but also like you can't force it if it's not there, you know, like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't feel shame of like, it seems like he's ready to commit to you and that's great, but someone else will come along that's, you know, maybe a better match if he's not you know? And I think just slowing it down will kind of help her determine that a little bit better.
3: I just think that you kind of know if you want to move things forward or not. And, and if you're not ready, then you have to follow that. You, you just have to follow your own guidance and, and know that there's a reason why you're feeling that way. And sometimes we're not even aware why.
1: Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah, Yeah, you have to trust yourself.
1: Well, and one of the lines that jumps out to me too is she says, like, will he break up with me if I tell him um, that she doesn't want him to move in? And I feel like if you're concerned that if you don't agree to something with this person, because obviously moving in is to take greater steps in your relationship. So if you're concerned that somebody is going to leave you because of that, that doesn't seem like the healthiest relationship to me either.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I think you should be able to talk about anything. Yeah. And you should be able to, uh, you know, sort of uh, hash it out. It might not feel good to talk about it, and he might not feel great hearing it, but he should be able to handle it, and he should want what's best for both of you anyway. So I I don't think anyone wants to be in a relationship where the other person is half-hearted about it. So that might make him have a negative reaction and, and want to get out, but you're having your hesitations for a reason as well.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we need a good communicator. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> for sure. Yes. I think that's probably one of the most important things is to be able to really communicate.
1: Well, you Mary, thank you so much for coming and talking with us. It's been so amazing to hear from you.
3: Oh well, thank you so much for having me. You guys are great,
1: <laughs> and we want you to be able to plug um, your stuff. So, if you want to share, like where people can find you, so you can find me uh, on YouTube, Yo Mary Cruz,
3: and Twitter and Instagram at Yo Mary Cruz. So uh, I would love to hear from
1: you. Awesome. Well, thank
2: you, Yo Mary. Well, that was a nice chat. We love her. She like, I feel like she had a whole like glam team or something today. Cause she just showed us. Well, beautiful person on the inside and out. Loved our
1: chat. And you know, I feel like one thing that she really wanted to advise, but didn't get a chance to say it just because of the time constraint was that everyone needs to send us letters. Well, I
2: had a suggestion today from a listener that says we should do an episode on texting. So if anyone feels that they're having issues with texting, please.
1: I am so glad that we have discussed this because I am the number one dating texter. And I can't believe that this is just coming out now, but I used to write all the text messages for my friends back in the day with dating.
2: Oh, I love it. I mean, there's so much to dive into, right? Like the cadence, the translation of it, the yeah, there's just so much stuff. If anyone has any aspect of texting you're struggling with, write us a letter. If you want to talk about something else, write us a letter too. Just write us letters.
1: You know what to say is that I can put it down for texting advice. So you (laughs) write us your letters with texting. I got you. This is the one thing. Don't ask me a single thing about a dating app. Texting, I can do. All right, guys. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe.